Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast brought to you by coachesedge.coach. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. And in this short episode, I want to talk about two, three zone offense and the notes that I've been taking. Coach Troshak and myself are putting together somewhat of a package or a, a course for our coachesedge.coach members in the spring. We already have our one, three, one zone offense package in the membership. We're working on a two, three zone package of basically the things that we can do to better attack two, three zones. Now, I'm not going to share everything in this short podcast. I want to share a few thoughts, some of the questions you can ask yourself, some of the common position type players that can be really effective against zones, some of the spots that you can put them in, some of the actions that you can make. And so I hope that there's something in here that you can take and say, oh, amidst all the different ways to attack a two, three zone, these are effective and simple enough that we can start to implement those right now as we hit the stretch run of the season. Also, in the link below, the description below, if you find this one beneficial, I'm putting in an episode from last year, almost a year ago, we did 10 tips for attacking his own offense. That's a great listen as well as we touch on some of the same, but also some different aspects of attacking a 2-3 zone. That's a great listen as well. Link is in the description below. Thank you for checking out The Coach's Edge. You find it beneficial. Please subscribe, rate, and review. You can do that on Apple. You can also do that on Spotify now. So if you found us on Spotify, you know, a handful of our Coach's Edge members found us on Spotify, you can follow, rate, some type of review. I'm not sure how it works, but it goes a long way with helping us grow the podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's get to the show. Thanks for checking out this episode as we talk about two, three zone offense. And if, if you've been listening to the Coach's Edge podcast for a long time, man, we certainly appreciate you. If you're checking us out on YouTube, something new for 2022, I just decided we're going to put a bunch of stuff up on YouTube. We might put uh, a podcast audio recording with the video up on YouTube. We might put a 90 second drill up on YouTube. We might put a 30 second clip of something with no audio at all, but it's just breaking down how to do a specific drill or move. We're going to put a bunch of stuff up there uh, because there's enough people that follow us on, on different types of sites. Hey, why not just continue that and uh, spread the love and throw some things on YouTube as well. Um, as we dig into this specific episode and really break down some two, three zone offense notes, the reason that I'm coming out with it right now is because as the season goes along, it's easy for us as basketball coaches to add, add, add. We see something that, that's not working that well. Or we see something that is, we say, hey, let's make this a little bit better. Let's make this tweak. Those things are good. Oh, let's try something brand new. And sometimes that can come back to bite us because really, if we throw something in that's that brand new at a later date in the season, that means we're not giving our kids a great chance to really get really good at that and perfect that as we head into the most important part of the season with sectional play, district play, region play, your postseason tournament, whatever that might look like. So I want to simplify this and give you some two, three zone offense notes that I think can be really beneficial for your team, for your program to think about. And although we're talking two, three zone, I think a lot of these will apply to other zone offenses as well. So two main questions to ask yourself first, who do I want where? And what do I want them doing with the ball and without the ball? Those are fundamental questions for you to ask yourself within your offense. So I'll repeat that. 
who do you want where and what do you want them doing with the ball and without the ball going against this 2-3 zone? We can answer those two questions. Now we're starting to slowly develop a little bit of a plan. Once we've done that, what are some of the common principles that we want to use to attack the 2-3 zone? D2, draw two defenders, or even more than that if we can. We can do that with the basketball by catching it within a gap. We can do that with a dribble drive, attacking a gap, soft spot of the defense. We can also do that by getting in certain high or high level areas that are dangerous that the opponent doesn't want us to get in, even when we don't have the basketball. We're drawing multiple defenders. And if you're thinking about who your best players are and your more dangerous players, is there a spot where you can put them in these positions so that they can open up opportunities for other people? Or are there certain locations within a 2-3 zone that you might put a player in one of those spots as a decoy? They're going to draw multiple defenders, even though they're not one of your more dangerous players. That's going to open things up for your shooters and for some of your scorers. So one, D2, draw two defenders. Number two, we want to be a player. When I see a lot of two, three zone, what I see is a lot of Statue of Liberty type movements coming from my friend, Coach Trochak. You get the basketball, we just kind of hold it up above our head and we're not a player, right? You're not a threat to really drive it, to pull it. You're just standing there. You're usually not in a position where you'd even pull it anyway and the defense doesn't have to guard you. Basically, those five defenders can guard the four other players who don't have the basketball because you're not a threat. So when you catch the basketball, be a player. Be ready to rip it, be ready to drive it, be ready to pull it, catch it in a spot where you can do damage. And even if you're not going to do something super dangerous, look like it. Look like it. Catch it. Get in a wide base. Be athletic. Rip it strong. Jab, right? Look the court, look like you have some presence about yourself in how you're playing the game. And then the third thing that we want to really understand is we got to get to the paint. We can get to the paint off a dribble drive. We can get to the paint through cuts. We can get to the paint off post entries. We can get to the paint off of high post entries, but we have to get to the paint, especially against zone. The defense can contract when we get the basketball Inside, the defense is going to contract. We get the basketball back out. Defense expands. And then if a really good team will get the defense to rotate. So I, I like to say a, an average to above average team can go inside out. But a high level team goes inside, outside, and then rotates the basketball. And anytime we can get the defense in man or zone to contract, expand, and start to rotate and shift as they're expanding out, which is really being able to get inside, get outside, and then get a quick ball rotation. That's that one more pass. That's where really good teams start to start to do some damage. But it starts with being able to get the basketball inside. There's many different ways to do it. We have to make sure that, that we are doing that. Now, as we think about our players, the positions that we want them in, the things that we want them doing with and without the basketball, and we, and we understand some of the main principles that we want to have, let's think a little bit about our personnel when it comes to attacking a zone. I think you have your playmaker slash creator type. 
they are responsible for somewhat quarterbacking the game. Now, this doesn't have to be your point guard necessarily or your best ball handler necessarily. A lot of times it is. But as we see at other levels, you know, think of even a, a Jokic uh, for the Denver Nuggets. He's basically the point guard, even though he's the biggest player on the team. And he doesn't necessarily break down and create the game based on his ball handling ability, but he does it through where he catches the basketball, a lot of stuff in the high post area, right? That's a, that's a dangerous spot. And then through his ability to pass with how great he is using a pivot, he's a threat. And he can run the offense basically from that position. So we have our playmaker type position. We have our, our inside dunker finisher type position. A lot of times against the 2-3 zone, this is in your dunker spot, right? Meaning my heels are along the baseline. My, my chest is facing up the court. And really, I'm ready to step in and meet that pass. If it's a high-low action, I'm stepping in, dunker spot, right? College-level players are going to be able to take that and, and, and jam it. But being able to be able to catch the basketball without even dribbling, meet the pass, strong wide base, go up strong and finish it is a great way to score on the zone. But also, it's a great location to catch the basketball and then run cutters through. I think uh, back when we were running a one-three-one in in Ohio, and one of the best ways that other teams attacked us was to be able to put somebody in that dunker spot that heel up position in the short corner where the basketball would go there. And very rarely was that player, the one who was actually trying to score, but they would get the basketball there. And then they'd start to run cutters through kind of some Buffalo type post screens. And then players are coming through high post, low post coming through, being able to hit that little dump down pass or kick it back out for threes was a really effective way to attack our one, three, one, zone defense. So we need that inside presence, that finisher or playmaker type that can can be there and orchestrate. And then another position that we need is a shooter. We need players that can shoot it, right? And so that could be people that are uh, getting open through actions. They're getting open through uh, specific plays, popping out, coming off screens. They can get open through uh, flooding an area right, which is one of my favorite you know, ways to get a good shot, especially against zone, is really flooding the same spot. And you see Steph Curry do this against man all the time where, you know, if he's dribble driving in the paint and he kicks it to the corner and then he runs back to that same corner, player with the ball will take one or two dribbles and just shovel it back to him. Steph Curry goes right behind him, boom, and he gets a wide open three. That works a lot against zone. The importance for our shooters to be able to continue their movement to be able to flood certain spots, overload certain spots with multiple players is a great way for us to be able to attack a two, three zone type defense. Now let's touch base on a couple, couple more things. Playmaker doesn't have to be the point guard and it doesn't have to be playmaking from above the court, right? But this is the player within our team who helps set the table for everybody else. We really need one of those great teams have, have a couple. We have our heel up, our post-type finisher player who's more so in the dunk, dunker spot, they can duck in. They're in a position to offensive rebound. Um, it's great to run the offense through that player by making the game simple. 
They may not be a full creator type, but being able to get the basketball to them in a short corner and then run cutters through, we can run some screen actions is a great way to attack it. And then we've talked a little bit about the shooter already. Now, offensive rebounding is one of the biggest ways that you can attack a two, three zone. So that's what I want to touch base on next. Now, because there's no specific matchup at any given time in the two, three, and because you may have certain spots in the two, three, where you have multiple offensive players compared to the amount of defensive players, it's a, it's a weakness within that zone many times where we need to take advantage of that. If you see the back of somebody's head against man or zone, you need to go and get it. Secondly, because of the rotations and the movements within especially a lot of zone defense compared to man-to-man -man defense, there's going to be times where it's easier for the offensive player to actually be in an inside position from the defensive player. So let's think boxing out, reverse engineer it. The offensive player can be the one that boxes out the defensive player when a shot goes up, especially when you're playing uh, in a 2-3 zone. And then we talked a little bit about flooding a spot to get open shooters. You can flood a spot when it comes to offensive rebounding. Right. Most shots that are missed are going weak side wing. Then they'll generally go up top. And I've, I've seen the statistics where teams that shoot a little more threes, those rebounds are more likely to bounce off kind of between the elbow areas up top. Teams that don't shoot quite as many, those those rebounds end up being a little bit more uh, toward, towards the opposite toward to the weak side. Um, but regardless, if we can flood multiple offensive rebounders against a smaller amount of defensive players, the numbers add up in, in our favor, and we're going to be able to get some second chance baskets. Okay. Now, as we continue to roll on, there's a couple things that I want you to think about specifically with attacking a two, three zone. And I say all these things because uh, coach Troshak and myself are putting together, I wouldn't call it a full two, three zone offense course, but we're putting together presentations with our coaches edge members so that this spring we'll really be able to dig in with presentation, with some video example, with some court diagrams to really show all of our coaches edge members you know, what we're talking about within this podcast and, and much, much more. Um, a few ways that we can attack a, a screen as we finish out the pot. Being able to get the basketball short corner, as we talked about already, great way to do it. If you can put that player there that can finish, they can make good decisions. They can look for uh, a diver who, who's coming down and are smart enough to know, hey, I have an advantage. And so maybe they can pull and hit that shot or one dribble and they're all the way to the rim. Really effective. Screening the zone. If we can screen the five and then run cutters through, that's my favorite spot to screen a two, three zone. And a lot of times it's a misdirection or it is uh, a false screen, right? Where somebody's coming and you're technically screening, but you're really just posting up. You're trying to seal the five and then boom, you run another cutter through into the middle of zone. That's very, very effective. Another one, I'm a big fan of ball screen in the zone. When I was playing basketball in Germany, we had, we rarely played against two, three zone, but when we did, we had one, 
motion offense. Now we're playing with a 24 second clock. So there wasn't a, there were different variations within this two, three zone offense, but basically everything we did against two, three was based off of this one motion that we had. And within this motion, there were multiple ball screens against the top of the zone. And because we had four to five guys out on the court every time that could shoot threes, if we set a, an inside ball screen, so we're able to attack the inside and the top of the two, three, and make the other player who's on the first line of the two, three, be able to even pay any attention to shifting over, a couple of different things were going to happen. If nobody guarded me coming off the ball screen, right, I can get in the paint, you can make a 15-foot pull-up. If it's a little deeper back, you just come into the middle and you're popping a three, right? And so usually defense is taking away that, right? That's pretty simple to take away that. But because you're doing that, it's very easy to be able to come off that middle ball screen on a 2-3 zone, be able to, let's say I'm on the right side of the court, come off the middle of the ball screen, come into my left towards the top of the key, defensive player comes over to help, boom, I can kick the basketball to the wing. Now, if I kick the basketball to the wing and that's a shot right there, they're pulling it for a three, right? But because on the opposite side, we've probably overloaded the weak side because that's what the side we're coming to to make it the strong side, coming off the ball screen. And if I go wing with my pass and that player doesn't have a shot because the bottom of the two, three zone has had to help up enough, boom, then it's a quick pass down to the corner. We got a corner three. That's a great option. Now, on the other side of that, I just came off a ball screen, correct? So if I come off the ball screen and my big who set the ball screen is picking and popping back to the spot that I just came from, that's another opportunity that, so my defender who originally started with me on my matchup, as I'm coming off that ball screen, if they're still staying tight to me, the person who set the screen for me can pop and they can pop really to any open spot. If they go too far back to the wing, maybe that's too close to the bottom line of the defender in the corner of the two, three zone. So they're just going to literally flood or fill whatever the open spot is. And if I'm drawing that side, that defender as I'm coming middle, boom, I'm hitting them and they're open for a pick and pop catch and shoot three. And as, as the same time, if we have a player in that corner, the same thing applies. If I come off a middle ball screen and I kick it back, to the wing or to that seam area for a pick and pop. And if the bottom line of the two, three zone really has to step up and help to take away that three, boom, that's a quick hit to the corner. And that player's got a wide open three. All right. But it, it all starts because we're, we're using a ball screen. You can probably tell I was a point guard because I could talk about ball screen options all day. Now, a couple other ones, screening and flooding a certain spot. Anytime where we're putting multiple offensive players in one spot. Uh, most basic example is, let's say we have a guy in the post or the, the short corner who's a shooter, and then we have somebody in the corner. And that corner player simply slowly steps in, steps in, steps in slightly so that they're setting a screen on the corner defender. And then that post player, that short corner player, just steps right behind them into the corner, and we can hit there for a three. There's essentially two players in one spot. Right. One of them is going to be open off of a simple action like that. It's a good way to uh, screen and flood the same spot. Uh, any type of Buffalo type screen where we're, we're hitting the middle or then the middle can can be the driver and kick out to, to different shooters is really effective. And if you can get somebody 
who plays well out of the high post, really good things can happen. Oftentimes we put a player who's uncomfortable at the high post there. It doesn't matter if they're a big, put your point guard, put your smallest player in there. Whoever's going to be comfortable in there to be able to be a threat, to drive, to shoot, to kick, and is also a threat to go high, low with their passing is a great player to put in that position. It should be a skilled player who has a high basketball IQ and they can do some damage, right? So let's review those four basic concepts, uh, ways to attack a two, three, right? You can play through the short corner. That was one. Two, we talked about screens. I talked a lot about ball screens, but we also mentioned a screen in the middle, which is great. Screening and flooding a certain area is also a great option. Number three, we talked about being able to buffalo screen and really puncture uh, the, the middle of the zone. And that middle can then be uh, for a driving kick out to a shooter. It can really be somebody who's drawing middle and then that's essentially a misdirection so that the defense has to contract as we talked about before and then we can get the basketball back out. And then the fourth one is put a playmaker at the high post, regardless of their position or size, putting a playmaker there is a great one. And then how can we start to apply some of these things into our practice? I mean, I was at a practice, um, shoot, was it last week? And help, helping a team out as they're getting ready for the tournament. And we went 12 guys on the team. So we went four on four on four. And we had them play against a 2-2 zone and we had them play against a 1-2-1 zone. And we just talked about some of the concepts that I've mentioned to you as far as how to break that down. And so it was, it was super competitive. We had 12 players essentially playing at a time. So team in the middle goes down. Hey, for this game, we're going to seven. We're playing against the 2-2 zone. Here's some of the things we've talked about applying. And if you score, you take it down against the other four on the other end. If you miss, then the defense gets to take it. You become the defender. First team to seven wins, right? Play a couple games there. Okay, let's play against the 1-2-1 zone. Let's bring the top defender in the 1-2-1 zone all the way up to half court, right? To simulate maybe some 1-2-2 pressure or a 1-3-1 type pressure. But we're, we're really breaking it down into four-on-four four so that the kids can easily see some of these openings, some of these strategies, and some of the spacing that they can use. And it was a great learning tool for uh, some of our guys to continue to, to say, oh, that's, that's what I see coaches was talking about. And then you build it into playing some five-on-five. Five. So that's a little bit of how we can think about attacking the two-three zone whether it's making sure that our players are in the right spots, that our players understand their role, what they're supposed to do with and without the basketball, understanding some of those common principles of trying to draw multiple players, being a player, being a threat when you catch the basketball, right? Just don't hold it up or don't kind of hip it where you have in one hand. And then understand it is so important against any type of zone to get the basketball in the paint, hunt the paint with the cut with the dribble, with the catch, and then we can really be able to share the sugar and get it out, um, understanding those main concepts of getting the defense to contract, expand, and shift real quick is a great way to do some damage against the zone and any type of defense. So 
I hope that this helped you out. If it did, like, subscribe, rate, review. That goes a, a really long way, um, especially with, with the podcast. And there's not a whole lot of ways for people to track and see what a good podcast is. Really, ratings are the only way to do it. And so if, if you leave a, a positive rating, especially if you're listening on Apple, would be really, really cool. And uh, for you guys sticking with us and watching on YouTube, that would be awesome. Uh, we appreciate you guys as well. Uh, a couple of the things as, as we finish out, we are gearing up for the postseason right now. Um, we'll launch the Coach's Edge once again when we get to April. So if you're a coach and you're listening, you say, man, how can I get more of this? How can I get the actual resources and presentations and videos and PDFs and breakdowns? Um, please reach out to me, contact at KramerBasketball.com, at Coach's Edge One on Twitter, and I'd be happy to share with you more of how we help serve coaches throughout the course of the year. And with that in mind, we're building out our summer and spring basketball camp schedule. All of our coach members get the added bonus of if they bring me in, they get a discount, a Coach's Edge discount uh, for bringing me in for some of our summer camps, which is just one of those added, added bonuses. And uh, a big thank you to all of our members who are um, who are really supporting me as we continue to build build this thing. We're within just over a year of having the Coach's Edge being live. It's been awesome, and we're still actually in the baby stages of it, so I'm really excited to see where we are 5, 10, 15 years from now with the Coach's Edge, how much it's grown, and how much how many coaches we're going to, to serve. And, uh, man, it's a good time of year. We have a, a high percentage of the teams that we work with within the Coach's Edge that have have won a league title or in the hunt for a league title and looking to make a, a deep postseason run. So we're really excited uh, for all of those, those coaches as well. And uh, shout out to coach Immick in Grand Haven, Michigan, a uh, big win against Rockford. And um, I know that they avenged one of their only losses of the season by, by that win. That was a big one. So props to props to you, coach. Immick. Appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you for listening to the coaches edge podcast. If there's anything I can do for you. Let me know. Have a great day. Stay safe. And as always, get after it.